Uh, so, so Fitz, you you sent me uh, the the link. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, probably about a month ago. I did. And I was significantly impacted by those 13 lessons. Now, here's one of the lessons that I've learned in life. Uh, anybody can be your teacher. Anybody can be your teacher. In fact, when you read Proverbs chapter 6, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, gave us this admonition. He said, go to the ant and learn from the ant. That means there are lessons all around us. There are lessons in nature. And there are lessons in our students. And so this morning, I wanted us to kind of revisit uh, those 13 lessons that you shared. I actually asked right. you to pull out five, the, uh, right, right. the five that resonated with you the most, that impacted right. you the most. But before we do that, man, again, I was just, I was, there were so many lessons in there that resonated with me. I'm glad it, you enjoyed it. I, I really did. I really did. In fact, I shared it with my family, and, and the response was the same. Uh, in fact, if you're a parent and you have kids going back to school, and you're running low on advice for him, show him that video. Around the dinner table, talk about those 13 lessons, and it becomes a way for you to pour in to your children and give them a compass for this academic year. So let's talk about that some more. All right. right. We'll do a quick run-through. What were the 13 lessons? Again, let's go ahead and put them on the, put them on the screen. And before, as she does that, mm-hmm. tell us about the, the motivation, your inspiration for doing that video. Right. What were you thinking? What was happening in your heart, in your mm-hmm. mind? Uh, what was going on with you? So um, in high school, like uh, I've been the new kid in high school. I've experienced like, you know, highs and lows. Um, I've been through a lot, especially when it comes to people and just stress when it comes to getting in the right assignment, doing all this other stuff. Um, just having that overwhelming pressure on you as a student. So um, I made this video in a way to just show everybody uh, the top things that I've learned so that you can take that into school and you can learn how to deal with all sorts of situations and people. So that's how I, that's how I came up with it. That's fantastic. One of the reasons I wanted Fitz to share is because I wanted him to speak peer to peer, but mm-hmm. I also thought it would be a great example for us as parents to hear from our kids. Right. A lot of times we miss the opportunity to listen to our kids. We're often the ones telling them what they should do, what they shouldn't do, and we don't mm. allow them enough margin to express how they feel and what they're processing. So, so today is not just about him challenging his peers. It's also for us as parents, okay? So lesson number one was uh, not everybody is going to like you, so don't worry about trying to please everybody. Huge. Right. That's a lesson all of us can learn from. Right? We can take that forward whether you're in high school or not. Why, 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 why was that important to you? Um, it was very important to me because, uh, like I had said in the video, you go into high school thinking that you have to get everybody to like you and know exactly what you're standing for. But then you got to realize that everybody in the world has their own different opinion. There are, like, what, 7 billion people on this planet, each with their own different opinions on different types of things. So it's just coming to the realization that like, as you go through life and you're being yourself, you're doing your own thing, you have your different values, that sometimes people aren't gonna agree with that and that's gonna be completely fine. You know, It's completely fine to have other people disagree with you. So don't go through life uh, being fake in order to you know, appease to somebody. Maybe it's a friend or maybe it's somebody that you, you know, got a little crush on or something. You just really want that person to like you so you end up being fake in order to get that approval. But that, shouldn't, that really shouldn't be what it is. Very good. Here's, here's another truth that goes along with that and this might be the grown-up version. The truth is if you live for other people's approval, you'll die by their criticism. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yes, the second truth. Uh, if you live for other people's approval, you stop being your authentic self. Right. You become someone they approve of, and you never actually become who God created you to be. You right. become a lesser version of yourself. This is not just for kids going to the high school who have that pressure right. to conform and to fit in. This is for grown-up people who go to work every day. You might have people in your circle who want you to be more like them. Right. And the truth is, if you live for the approval of others, ultimately you will die by their criticism. Right. I put Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10 on the screen. Uh, I'm calling it audible. It's not in the notes, but let's throw that up there because yeah. uh, I want you all to make sure you're in church. <laughs> so let's put some Bible to it. Yeah, Galatians and, um, chapter 1 and verse 10. I actually had another video like right after this one where I kind of went a little bit more in depth onto this one, you know, um, a video talking more about like how to be yourselves in those different types Galatians. of situations. So, um, yeah, go ahead and check that out if you guys have the spare time. Look at my man self-promoting his new album. Y'all know how to do at the award show? Mm -hmm. No, no, we, we're definitely going to give everybody that information because I think what you're doing is, is uh, significant. Look at, look at uh, verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. What that verse is saying is you can't please God and be a people pleaser simultaneously. Right. So if you live for the approval of men, you stop living for the applause of heaven. Right. Number two. What was number two? Lesson number two, quickly. Lesson number two. It's up there. My bad. Sorry. Uh, I need to turn sideways. Yeah. Some people are just dumb. Right. What does that mean, man? When you go through high school, like, um, you know, you start out thinking, okay, like, everybody's going to be, like, like me, right? But you'd be surprised about, like, the different types of people that you'll meet. They're different opinions. Some people will have the craziest opinions on the planet. Maybe some might be a little bit more minor. Maybe some might be bigger. But, like... Some kids will just like have the craziest opinions. They'll do the craziest types of things. And you'll be like, wait, hold on. Wait a second. Like, you know, so you just got to be, um, you just got to be prepared for the different types of people that you're going to be meeting in uh, high school. Very good. Lesson number three. Friends come and friends go. Yeah. Um, that wasn't in your top five, interestingly enough. Yeah, it was it was still a pretty it was still a pretty big one, you know, because um, just real quick, um, sometimes you make friends for a while and they're like the coolest people ever. You know, you hang out with them after school, you stay in school, you do different types of things. But sometimes those friends, they just might not align with your values. Sometimes those friends, maybe they uh, have certain flaws that they just need to work on their own before they can come back and be in a friendship with you. So um, a lot, there's just, there's just so many different types of friends that you're going to meet. And so, uh, like I said in a different lesson, it just all comes back to just being patient with others. You know, some friends you will be able to work through some of those flaws, but other friends, they just gotta like, you know, you gotta distance yourself from them. So then that way it doesn't end up dragging you down in the long run. Because a lot can change in four years, right? Right, a lot. Maybe you went through school with uh, people who, you know, maybe elementary, uh, middle right. school. Nia and I just had that conversation with, with her mom. And right. how that she already, she already notices, uh, even before school started, but just through the summer right. and the people she's going to have classes with. It's like, mm -hmm. man, I probably won't be friends with some of the people I was friends with in middle school because our schedules are different. But, man, it's a great opportunity to make new friends. 
Right. And so, so sometimes that transition isn't always automatic. Right. Uh, and, and, and not just in school, but even for us as adults. Here's the thing. Right. You have to recognize that you are going to outgrow some people. That's what we miss. And it's okay if you, be, you were friends when you were, in, you were in middle school and high school and in college. But there are times and seasons in life, man, where some people just stay stuck and you have to be willing to move on. Here's the second lesson about friends. Not everybody in your circle is in your corner. Oof. Oof. Some people have to learn that lesson the hard way. That's right. That just because some people are just around you, it doesn't mean they're for you. So be selective. Be selective. Be selective about your friendships and you will be more effective. Recognize when you've outgrown certain relationships, man. If they still do what they did in high school, it could be an indication that it's time to move on. Right. Okay? Uh, what's the next one? Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Females be what? And all the men said, dilly, dilly. <laughs> I see a few that got their lips zipped. Like, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> But what I heard you say, and you even said this on the on the video. Right. What, what I well, you say what you what does that mean? Females okay. Um, this was definitely an exaggeration for comedy. I don't want girls to think <laughs> that they're like actually like insane or like crazy or whatever. But um, from my perspective, from my perspective of like going through high school, you know, you start out and like you think that like okay, like guys and girls they'll go through different situations like the same way. Um, sometimes you know. Uh, sometimes, you know, girls will have like different, you know, opinions about certain things and guys will also have their different opinions about a different thing. So, um, you know, you just have to like realize for the guys that um, sometimes like your female friends, like they might react to something that maybe you might not react to in that certain type of way, you know? So you just have to be patient with them and realize that they're different from you. You have to be like, you know, accepting of who they are, you know, maybe they might be moody, maybe they might be in a different situation with like, you know, maybe they had an ex-boyfriend or something like that. Quick story, <laughs> quick story. I had a friend, I had a table with like guys and girls and, um, you know, I had said a joke to one of my female friends, you know, she said, I'm gonna delete all the pictures of my, my ex on my phone, I said, well, can't delete all the memories. And then she just, <laughs> she started crying. She started crying at the table. And then, yeah, I felt really, I felt pretty bad about it at that moment in time. See, cause like, you know, for a guy, you know, somebody says a joke like that, you know, you just be like, oh man, like whatever. But like for a girl, like if you say something like that, then I start crying. And a funny thing was another girl at the table, she was like, man, I miss my ex-boyfriend too. And then she started crying. <laughs> what you did and it happened one more time there was another girl at the same table who also started like weeping because they were just all so emotional about like their exes and stuff like that so um it was just like it, just having that relevate that uh revelation that like you know um sometimes guys and girls will just act a little bit differently it is a lot differently somebody said a lot differently. a lot yeah. differently yeah. right absolutely but what do you do with that right i, I think the lesson for us is mm -hmm. Man, you celebrate differences, right? Right. You celebrate differences. And uh, the truth is, if, if two people are identical, one of them becomes unnecessary. Right. 
For the people in the back? People all the way over there. If two people are identical, one of them becomes unnecessary. That's right. what we try to do in marriage. Right. I'm going to try to make you like me. Do it my way. And what we don't realize is, instead of celebrating their differences, you're mm -hmm. trying to get them to be like you, and all of a sudden, you're 10 years, 15 years, 20 years into the marriage, and it's like, we identical. You ain't necessary. That's real talk. When the very thing that attracted you to the person in the first place was their differences. So as men, we joke and say females be tripping. Right. What you're really saying is acknowledge and celebrate your differences. Right, right. First Peter chapter 3 says it this way. Husbands, dwell with your wives according to understanding. Don't make assumptions about how she's supposed to be and how she's supposed to respond. Dwell with your spouse according to understanding. Stephen Covey said, uh, uh, one of the seven rules for highly effective people, this is what he said. He said, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so what you're saying mm -hmm. is females are different. Right. Seek to understand why they process the way they do right. instead of being critical or judgmental because they're not, they don't process or see life the way we do. Right. Uh, what's lesson number one? Lesson number five. Oh, yeah, this is one of the ones I chose to go in a little bit more in depth on. Right, this is one of your top five. Right. So stop trying to get everybody to like you. Right. The second one was people can be dumb. And this third one on your list of your top five is lesson number five, which choose is choose voice. what voices you listen, listen to. to. Very good. You Tell have, um, in your social circle, you have all different types of friends. You have your friends that are more like fun, you know, a little bit more party-like, and you have your friends that, you know, are a little bit more calm and are just a little bit more uh, studious, you know? So um, you just have to, like, figure out, like, what type of friend that you'll ask certain advice from, you know, because sometimes your party friend might not have the best advice for studying, and sometimes your studying friend may not, may not have the best advice when it comes to you know, socializing with different people. Um, another thing with that as well is that um, sometimes, like, sometimes people they'll say like um, they'll say a certain thing to you, and sometimes it might hurt your feelings. You know, sometimes they might say, "Oh man, you got like you got like a big head," you know, or something like that. Say something like rude or like insulting, and. On the other hand, somebody may compliment you. They may say that you're a great person. They may say that you're handsome, stuff like that. So it's just like choosing what type of opinion that you want to hear in your ear so that it doesn't like end up like affecting you, you know? That's, that's pretty much... I think that's fantastic. Yeah. We've said it here at City Church before that you and I are the sum total. You and I, our lives, right. are the sum total of the voices we've chosen to trust over the course of our lifetime. There are voices that you have chosen to trust, and it has determined the decisions you've made, and it has determined the person you have become. Okay. Are y'all with me? Uh, not every voice should have the same value. Right. And that's why the, the Bible says in Psalm 1, you can put Psalm 1 in verse 1, I'm going to call another audible. Uh, you have to be selective about the voices you choose to listen to. Right. Uh, while she's turning there, there's over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The scripture says that there are many voices in the world, none without significance. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. There are many voices in the world, none without significance. That means there are voices in the world constantly pulling at our attention and constantly right. pulling at our hearts. We have to make that decision 
which voices we will choose to trust. Because who you and I become is ultimately the direct result of the voices we've chosen to trust over the course of our lifetime. It could be the voice of a friend, could be the voice of a parent, could have been the voice of a teacher or a coach. And when we talk about voices we trust, it's not only the people who have said good things to us. They are voices that we have trusted that have said, you ain't going to amount to nothing. And we believe them. Right. There are voices that we've trusted that say you're going to be just like your daddy. Right. But then there are other voices that we've trusted there and said, look, you can be anything you want to be as long as you put your heart to it. And we've trusted those voices. Listen to what the scripture says about the voices we should not trust. Uh, and one of the things I encourage people to do is, is, is how you become selective about the voice you choose to trust is consider the source. Right. Before I give any value to that voice, I'm going to first of all consider the source. Where is this coming from? Before I give it any merit or any weight or any value in my life. So notice what uh, Psalm 1 and verse 1 says. It says, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel. That word simply means advice. It says you're going to be blessed. The outcome of your life will be blessed if you choose not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He's talking about three sources. People who are ungodly. Don't listen to what they got to say. Number two, don't stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Now, what's interesting about this verse is the progression. Notice three things that happen. Mm-hmm. First, you're walking with them. Then you stop and you stand with them. And then number three, you're sitting in it. Right. It is progressive. We become progressively more comfortable with the voices we entertain. At first, we're just walking talking, then now I'm standing, and we're talking some more, and now I'm sitting in it. Mm. Be careful about the voices you choose to trust. All right. Uh, What was the next one? Is this helping anybody, by the way? Okay, very good, very good. Uh, What else you got? Um, What's the next one? Stay in your lane? Yes, stay in your lane. That was one of your top five as well. Yeah, stay in your lane. So like I had said in the video, like um, there's just like, in my school, Plano West, the school that I went to, people were very competitive with their different types of grades that they were trying to make. So maybe somebody may like really want an A, and maybe somebody would do better than them on that test for that um, for that grade. So it just comes down to like you know focusing on like yourself rather than focusing on like everything else that somebody else may have because in life and in a lot of different situations, some people are just going to have something that you don't exactly have. So you got to work on yourself so that you can acquire whatever it may be, um, you know, for yourself instead of focusing so much about uh, what other people have. And this is a very common misconception that we have from, you know, social media as well. We'll go on Instagram, we'll go on Facebook, we'll go on Snapchat, we'll see other people living their lives, doing all sorts of things, being being their best selves. And so we just kind of like hate on ourselves and we're just like, oh man, like why can't I just be living like that dude? Why can't I just be living like that other girl, you know? Why is it that I'm here and they're over there? Like, when it comes to that, I'd say stay in your lane, focus on you, and don't really pay too much attention on what everybody else is doing in their own life. Isn't that awesome? Right. So the truth is, everyone in this room was created a designer original. You have to look no further than your fingerprints to realize that. Right. Just right here on your hand, you are a designer original. Most of us settle for dying as copies. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Thank you. She said, that's deep. 
Most of us settle for being copies. Most of us. And, and, and here's the danger of that, though. Here's the right. danger of that. If all I try to do with my life, if all I aspire to is to be like someone else, the best I can ever be is number two. Right. Because there will only ever be one Michael Jordan. There will only ever be one Steve Jobs. If all I try to do is be like Mike, right. the best, the totality of my life, no matter how good I become at being like Michael Jordan, I will always be second to Michael Jordan. It is better to live and die an original Ray Harmon right. than to die a duplicate of someone else. Stay in your lane and celebrate who God created you to be. Number seven, it's better to say, oh, well, than what if. Wow. Right. Now, that wasn't on your list either, but that's so good, man. Right. That's so good. Talk about that for a second. Um, I got this one from one of my friends. Uh, you know, he's very good with, like, social skills and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'd always tell him about how, like, you know, I want to go make friends with this person or I want to go talk to this person. You know, I want to go succeed in this area. I want to do this and that. And, like, I'd just be, like, so scared to, like, do it, you know. I'd just be so scared to, like, move forward and take that action in my life. But something that, um, you know... Something that my friend told me, because I'd always open up to him about this type of thing, you know, choose what voices to listen to. I took it. I took this piece of advice from him. So, um, you know, he said it's better to say, "Oh well," than "What if?" It's better to get the um, answer to your question and just be like, "Oh well," you know. At least now I know. Than you know, being in the future and being like, "What if I tried that?" So good. You know. So good. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what we want to do, man, is live without regret, right? Go for it. Right. Go for it. Uh, one of my friends always would say, if you're not living on the edge, you're living too safe, man. Uh, so, so yesterday in Fight Club, man, we had a fantastic time in Fight Club, man. It was so awesome. It was so awesome. We started talking about time. Mm. We talked to, we, we, our whole study was about the importance of time. Life is too short to live with regrets. Right. Life is too short to live with what ifs. Right. So notice what the psalmist said. Can you put Psalm 90 on the, on the screen real quick? I'm going to go fast with this. Psalm 90, Psalm 90, verse 10. Psalm 90, verse 10. And I'll probably read through verse 12. Psalm 90, verses 10, 11, and 12. I didn't plan to do this, but when you right. were talking, it just, yeah. it just prompted something in my heart. Psalm 90, go verse ahead. 10. Is this the New King James? Uh, yeah, we're talking about time. Uh, so, so listen to what the psalmist said. Interestingly enough, this is not a psalm of David. This is a psalm of Moses. Uh, David was the most prolific psalmist. He wrote the majority of the psalms, which are all songs. They are lyrics to songs that the Israelites sang in their worship. But here is a psalm. Here is a song that was written. These are the lyrics to a song that were written by Moses. There's another psalmist named Asaph, uh, who is second to David in terms of the number of psalms he wrote. But this is a psalm of Moses. And if anybody knew something about life, and staying in their lane, it was probably Moses. Right. Can I tell you something about Moses real quick? Go ahead. Is that all right, City Church? All right, I'm, I'm down. Let me tell you something about Moses real quick. I stood up for that one, didn't I? Tell you something about Moses. Uh, talk about staying in your lane and what are we talking about now? Huh? What was the lesson? It was better to say, oh, well. Then what, what if? if? Yeah, yeah. So Moses, check this out. Y'all know this story about Moses, right? Uh, Moses was born a Hebrew. 
born to Hebrew parents, born into Hebrew culture, born into Hebrew tradition. But he was raised an Egyptian. He was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, right? Hebrew by birth, Egyptian by um, assimilation and training. The circumstances of his life, right, made him a murderer. He goes from being a murderer to being a fugitive for 40 years on the backside of the desert. While he's on the backside of the desert, he becomes a shepherd. Moses is 80 years old when God shows up to him and he hears this voice of the burning bush. And God says, Moses, go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Anybody remember what Moses' response was? First three words were, who am I? He said, who am I that I should go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh what you're telling me to tell him? It's just parts, those three words, who am I? Because again, Moses was born an Israelite. He was born a Hebrew. He was trained and educated as an Egyptian. His choices and his decisions made him a murderer who became a fugitive, who lived on the backside of the desert for 40 years, who became a shepherd. Moses now is struggling with his identity crisis. He said, you're telling me to go down there and do this thing, but who am I really? At 80 years old, Moses has an identity crisis. Who am I? Am I a Hebrew or an Egyptian? Or am I still wrestling with the guilt of the fact that I killed a man and ran away? Mm. So, so why am I saying all of this? This is the context and this is the lens through which Moses is writing this song. It's a very, it is a deeply personal song. Are y'all with me? Now notice what he says in verse 10. He says, the days of our lives are 70. <laughs> Man, but if life is real good to you, you might make it to 80. See what he's saying? He's talking about the value of time. He said, maybe we're going to make it to 70, and if life is real good, you might make it to 80. Like life was good to me, and I was 80 years old when God showed up and gave me a second chance. Anybody ever need a second chance? Then he continues, and he says, uh, uh, and if by reason str uh, of strength, they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. Listen to what he's saying. He says, most people are going to go through life and live for 80 years, and at the end of 80 years, all they're going to talk about is how hard what life was, how hard they worked, and all the pain they experienced. Listen now. He's given us a life lesson. It's better to go through life saying, what if, than it is to say, oh, well, uh, to Wait, live a life with no regret. Listen to what he said. Moses said, look, that most of us are going to go through life, and at the end of our life, after 80 years of being on this planet, the totality of our life is going to be summed up. Life was hard and full of pain. And part of that is because most people live life too safe. Right. And that's why Thomas Aquinas said, if the purpose, uh, the primary aim of the captain were to preserve his ship, it would never set sail. And most people build beautiful, elaborate boats with their lives, and they never set sail. Because they're too afraid, afraid to take the risk. Right. Now, now, notice what he said. If you find yourself in that place, here's verse 12. Here's verse 12. 
He says, when I come to the point when I realize that life is just too short, I may have 70 years, I may have 80 years, this is what my prayer should be. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Can you put that up in the NLT if you can real quick? Verse 12 in the New Living Translation, and then uh, we'll move on to your final one. We right. won't get through all 13. We'll just do your last right. of the five because we already covered the four. We'll do the last. Notice what he said in verse 12. He says, teach us to realize the brevity of life. That's what he's saying. He said, Lord, help us to realize how short life is. That we really don't have time to waste. And when we come to that point where we realize how short life really is, it will help us make better choices. We will gain a heart of wisdom. We will grow in wisdom. Big, big deal. Let's talk about your last point, number five of your top five. All right. right? We're not going to get through all 13, but number five of your top five is where we're going to end uh, and what was number five? I know what it is, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Uh, number five was be on your own side. Be on your own side. You're right. And, and here's why I want you to talk about that. Because you told me a little bit about your journey. Right. And you, you alluded to it in the video. Right. But in our conversation, you told me a little bit more about what that journey was like. Right. Uh, when you first said, hey, I want to go to UT Austin, people were like, man, ain't no way you're going to make it. Yeah. That's but you were on your own side. Mm -hmm. Tell us what that journey was like. Um, you know, I, when college and all that stuff was like going around, you know, everybody's like rushing in to get out their applications to like fill them out for college. You know, people are like stressing back and forth. Me, I was a little bit, I was a little bit more chill. You know, I sat back and I said, I'm going to get into UT Austin. And, you know, a lot of my friends, they weren't exactly vibing with that because UT, it has like a, what, 6% acceptance rate now. And it only accepts like the top 10 students, like the top 10% in that school. So here I am. I'm saying I'm going to get into UT Austin, but I'm not in the top 10% of my school. I don't even know if I'm in the top 30% of when it comes to grades and stuff like that. So um, when it came to me and uh, deciding that I wanted to get into that school, like, um, you know, I could have just sat back and just listened to everybody that was telling me I couldn't do it. You know, because there were so many people that were telling me fits like, you should try to apply for a different school, you know, because this school is like, they really look at grades and yours aren't really the greatest, you know, your GPA, it really isn't the highest. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not really worried about all that, you know, I'm just going to try to get in for something that I believe I'm good at. So what I ended up doing was, um, you know, I said, okay, I'm good at drawing, I'm good at art, I'm good at, you know, uh, I have a lot of different leadership things that I believe that I'm good in. So what I'm going to do is formulate my uh, application around everything. Right. What I hear you saying is part of being on your own side is playing to your strengths. Right. Absolutely. Play to your strengths. Right. Sorry for interrupting, but I had to. I had a moment. No, no, you're good. So um, <laughs> basically, like I said, um, I just went on the hustle. I went to my counselor. I went to. Um, you know, my teachers, my English teachers, I made sure that my essays were on point. 
I sat there with her. I came there like every day for like the next week saying like, okay, I wrote this essay. And UT makes you write a lot of essays when you're applying for that school, like so many. So I had to go back and forth with my, uh, my English teacher, make sure I had that. Went to all of my art teachers that I had at that school. And I made them look at my portfolio. I made them, like you have to write a description for every piece that you put in. So I made them look at every single piece and like, you know, help me like write down the different things when it came to that as well. And um, so, yeah, I played a lot to those different types of strengths. So, um, you know, February, Valentine's Day came around, actually. And I was going to a dinner with lots of my friends. You know, they were all there. And on my way there, I had gotten the call from UT Austin, and they had told me that I had made it into the school. So, um, right, right. So um, I went into that dinner. I was like, I got some news for y'all. Y'all gonna eat some words today. So, you know, I told them all that I got in and like some of them were just like so shocked. They're like, really? Like really, you got into that school? Like we should have like believed in you, man. But nah, I didn't, I didn't need all that. I just, I just had to believe in myself, you know? That was just, that was just the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. So, so man, there's so much that you're saying. Here's another thing I heard you or through my filter. Right. Go ahead. This is what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. Number one, you played to your own strengths. Right. But you got help along the way. Right. I Meaning, did. you went to these teachers to make sure that your essays were as good as they could be. Right. Sometimes we miss opportunities because we settle for mediocrity. Right. We think that one misspelled word, no big deal. One uh, wrong punctuation, no big deal. But the scripture says, whatsoever you find to do, do with all your might. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the advantages that you have was you made sure that what you presented wasn't mediocre, that it was excellent. Right. Now, let me tell you about excellence. Uh, excellence is different from being a perfectionist, right? Because perfectionists seek approval. People right. of excellence seek improvement. Right. And so what Fitzgerald was saying is, okay, my grades aren't as strong as they should be, but I could get some help to get it where they need to be. So because of this excellence, I want to put my best foot forward. I'm going to get the help that I need to make sure I put my best foot forward. Here's the, here's the thing about excellence and perfectionism. Uh, perfectionism is externally motivated. It's about what people think about me. Right. Excellence is internally regulated. You determine the level of excellence you pull out, put out. It's not about what other people think. It's about what you believe about your own brand. If your name is on it, if your name is on it, make sure it ain't something raggedy. And not just, in fact, this is even more important when your name is on it and it's for somebody else. The scripture says, talks about three areas of faithfulness. Right. And one area of faithfulness or one area of excellence, it says, this is what it says. Sometimes when I get frustrated, it's not because, it's not because, uh, uh, it's not because I'm nitpicky. But sometimes when I get frustrated with what people do, it's because this is what the scripture says. If you're not faithful with what belongs to another man, how will God give you what's your own? And when I get frustrated with people, mm. it's the frustration is, is not that I'm being hard on them. What we miss 
is if I do my best with what belongs to somebody else, God will give me what's my own. Right. He will give me what's my own. And most times we miss that. Right. And what I heard you say was it was important enough to you that you found teachers and people who could proof your work to make sure it was your best foot forward. Last thing we're going to say about your story, you met a lady. Right, I You did. met a lady, and this is critical. Tell us about the lady you met who at UT... Was it campus oh, visits? Oh, yes, yes. That's another that very lady. important step. Um, basically, uh, you know, my mom had a family friend, and she was um, very kind to us. She suggested lots of different things, lots of different steps that I could take to move forward. God bless her. But, um, you know, so what had happened was she had told me about this convention, and uh, it had a lot of the different schools showing up to say, hey, come to our school for this different performing arts or visual arts program. Come to our school for this. I went to the UT, uh, like the one that they had, and I met the person, like I met one of the administrators face to face, and I talked to them about all of my different types of stuff. I said, my grades aren't the best, what can I do? You know, how can I, um, you know, adhere into this, uh, this college? You know, how can I get inside? So she was like, okay, well, um, she took a look at some of what I had and she's like, okay, you need to put a piece more like this in there, piece more like that in there. And then she also told me like, our school, like the fine arts program at UT and like the actual like school of UT, they both look at like uh, different things. Um, basically, what UT is going to look for is can this student stand on their own when it comes to all the other stuff that they're going to take, so like their sciences and stuff like that. And the art school, they're pretty much just going to look at like you know their art, their their different types of uh, you know um, essays and stuff like that. So when it came to me and like they like one school can say like okay we want Fitzgerald right, but then they have to play tug of war with the actual school itself. So basically, I had to present myself well enough so that when the fine arts program um, you know, shows my stuff to UT, like all my background stuff, and they have something to fight for. Um, so what ended up happening, actually, is that um, I, I, not only did I get into the fine arts program at UT, I also got accepted into the, the leadership program there. Come on, somebody. Wow. Right. Awesome. Awesome. I think it's around 500, 500 students um, out of the 50,000 they uh like they get that scholarship, so they go to that program and they, um, you know, they, you know, learn about leadership, different types of roles that they're going to be playing, so that they can grow up and to become uh, the best types of leaders. And uh, real quick, like funny story is right before I got my acceptance letter to UT, um, you know, I had applied to the, like other schools too, uh, UTD, like UT Dallas. They had told me no. They had said at this point in time we cannot accept you. So. Um, Going in, like, of course, like, me hearing that, I was like, oh, shoot, like, if this smaller school says, like, man, Fitz, like, you're not going to, like, you can't come here, then what's the big school going to say, you know? What's the school that I really want to get into? What's that going to say about, um, you know, what's that going to say about me? And so, you know, of course, at one point in time, I was like, man, like, I don't know, you know? I just got to prepare myself if they're going to reject me or not. But when I got that phone call and they told me, like, I got in, like, I didn't even hear a lot of the words that the lady was saying. <laughs> to be honest, I heard it was, want, 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 UT Austin, yeah, 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 accepted, congratulations, want, want, want. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's just some of the stuff that I went through when it comes to that application. Fantastic. Everybody right. show your love for Fitzgerald Allen. Fitzgerald Allen. So check this out. You're, yeah, man. You're constantly, and the band can come. 
as we close out the service. You got them on their feet, Fitz. Thank you, thank you, thank awesome. you, thank you, thank awesome. you. Why don't we all stand because we're about to dismiss the service. Uh, Tony's going to come shortly. Uh, but a couple of things before we do that. Fantastic advice. Look, I encourage you. Uh, in fact, we're going to post the link to the video on our City Church uh, page uh, so people can go and, and, and watch it. Man, go to our page, City Church TV, on Facebook. Share, uh, share that link. And you can also subscribe to uh, his channel. Uh, it's Fitz Z. You say Fitz Z. Allen? Fitz yeah, Z. Allen? Yeah. Uh, uh, subscribe to the channel. Have your kids subscribe to the channel. Incredible content for, for young people right. that's available there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.